It's my desire that the Holy Spirit just move and have his way. Thank you. Um, I've just been feeling in my spirit that God uh, wants to fill us in every area of our life. It's important to know that, yes, we are um, body and spirit, but we're, we have a soul. And that soul is the mind, the heart, the will, the emotions. And so there's not one area of our life that God doesn't want to touch us. And I believe he already began his work last night. Amen. And he's going to continue doing that this morning and through this weekend as we are in his presence. But I want to turn to Romans and um, because I just want to, I want each and every one of us to have this in our, in our spirits as, as the Lord speaks to us. So Romans 15, and we'll, <clears throat> we'll turn there together. Romans 15, verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So I want, <clears throat> I want you to meditate on that through this time, that he is going to fill you with joy and peace in believing. In believing, and that means in being in faith. That means trusting God. There may be souls here this morning that you're lacking. You're lacking joy. You've been lacking the peace that comes when we believe. And so God wants to fill you. And it's going to be done through the power of the Holy Ghost that God's going to keep you. Because each and every one of us, we're in a different place. You're in a different place. I'm in a different place. We're in different seasons. And many, God is calling. Uh, you, you may be coming out of something that God's going to now take you to that next level. And God wants to prepare you because you've been kind of just kind of going through the emotions, so to speak. You've been serving God. You acknowledge God. You believe that there is a God. And you serve him. But a lot of times we become weary along the way because God um, is, makes promises. Uh, I don't know about your life, but in my life, God called me at a young age. I was raised in church, and uh, I love the Lord. I love God's presence. I could sense his presence, and I love that. Don't you? You come to the house of God, and it's so good because we feel his presence. It feels so good. We hear his word, and it touches our heart. But yet when we walk out those doors, we each go our own way. And what God wants to speak to us this morning is that he wants us to return back to him. And for each and every one of you, that's going to mean something different. So I want you to hear from the Spirit this morning. But God wants to keep you, and it's going to be through the power of the Holy Ghost. I loved how last night we just began to pray in the spirit. You know, and, and when you're when you're tired and you feel weak 
and that well feels dry because we're probably drawing from our own strength, by praying in the Holy Ghost, we're not drawing from the well, our wells. We're drawing from the well of the Spirit, that river that flows from within, the kingdom of God that's within. You're drawing from his strength, not yours. And so if, for some, you may, you may say, well, I'm, I'm a believer or I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, but you haven't been praying in the Spirit. And so I believe like last night, it was a reminder to us, we need to get connected back into that prayer, that spiritual prayer life where things are broken in the spirit, where we receive strength. You say, but it just doesn't make sense. Well, it's not going to make sense to the carnal mind. No, because it's spiritual, and you're a spirit, and God is spirit. Amen. And so I think it was just a, a good reminder to us, we need to get back into that. Amen. So in your prayer life, I encourage you, pray in the spirit. Pray. And, and even when it doesn't make sense, it, it doesn't have to, to the natural. Just get in your, get in your um, prayer time with the Lord and just seek him and draw from him. Amen. Um, this morning, we're going to turn to uh, Genesis chapter 28, and um, there's quite a bit of scripture to cover this morning, but um, I, I don't want to read through it all, but through each chapter, I want to be able to summarize the story and what's happening in each chapter, but this morning, I, I did ask um, if Brother had an extra Handheld mic, microphone. Okay, wonderful. Amen. Thank you. And so if y'all would turn to Genesis 28, I'm going to ask Sister Shelby, if you would, read some scriptures for us this morning. And we'll start here in um, verse 10 through um, 21. 21. Yes, ma'am. Then Jacob departed from Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head and lay down in that place. He had a dream, and behold, a ladder was set on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your descendants, shall all the families on the earth be blessed. Behold, I am, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what you have promised. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I don't know it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on its top. He called the name of the place Bethel, 
However, previously the name of the city had been Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me on this journey that I take and will give me food to eat and garments to wear. And I return to my father's house in safety, then the Lord will be my God. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. When we look at Jacob's life, we know that it's, um, it's pretty lengthy and it's uh, full of different uh, events in his life. But Jacob, being the son of Isaac and Isaac, the son of Abraham, we know that God's covenant was first made with Abraham and then from there to Isaac and then from Isaac, God is now giving it to Jacob. This is a special promise. It's a promise in which you and I are now engrafted in to receive this promise and this blessing. But we each receive by faith. Now, when God spoke to Abraham, Isaac had to receive this by faith too. And when God is speaking to Jacob, guess what Jacob's got to do? He's got to receive it by faith. And you know, God is a God of promise, but he is not a God that he is going to force his will on anyone. And I believe that through Jacob's life that I'd like to look at this morning, he is going his way, but God is still with him and speaking to him along the way because God's got a plan. And I believe that as God pursued Jacob, he pursued you. And there are those here present this morning that you're here because he pursued you and he brought you here this morning. Amen. I was uh, raised in church and um, loved the Lord, loved God's presence. But it was about the age of 11 or 12 that God called me forth. And and um, it's beautiful, a beautiful story because it was the Lord actually used my late father-in-law, uh, Pastor George De Los Santos, to speak into my life. And we were at a revival, and um, the service uh, was continuing. There was beautiful praise and worship, and, and you know, uh, those that knew Pastor George, he just, he flowed in the spirit, and um, he only did what he heard God speak. And um, he, he would call, he would minister to people, and then um, God would speak, and there would be a, a soul, and he'd call them out and, and pray over them. And, um, and I felt a desire in my spirit. I was like, well, I want to get prayed for because the anointing was so strong. But I will tell you, I was very shy. And, you know, and, and uh, I just, I said, well, Lord, I'm just, I'm going to wait here till God calls me. And my mother looks at me, and she's like, come on, we're going to go. <laughs> And so uh, mother, she, she's about to bring me up to the, to the altar so that pastor could pray for me. And the worship's going on, and pastor just kind of motions like, yes, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get to her. And, and um, he prays, and then he motions, and I come forward. And he said, God said, I left the best for last. So it wasn't that God wasn't going to call me. God had a plan. And you know what? I would say that's the same in each of our lives. We feel that we have been coming into the house of God, and we feel his presence. And when the word of God is spoken, sometimes there's just there's this drawing in your spirit. You, feel, you might feel it right now where there's like something's jumping on the inside. You say, what's that? It's, it's your spirit, man. Your spirit's bearing witness with the word. 
which is spirit. It speaks life to you. It ministers to you. So sometimes you, sometimes we don't, we don't know. We don't recognize those things. But I want to share from my experience, that's your spirit, man, and it's bearing witness with the spirit of God. So you may be experiencing that this morning. So I would encourage you, be very, very, very attentive to the Holy Spirit as he's speaking this morning. Amen. But Jacob... Um, and we may be very quite familiar, but again, allow me to kind of go through these events. Jacob um, has deceived his brother Esau into giving him his birthright. Uh, this now creates division in the home. And Jacob uh, goes to mom, and mom's concerned. You know, they all know that Esau's mad, and he's going to put a death sentence on Jacob, right? And so. Like mama's boy, mama wants to hide him and send him off. And he's, he goes off, and the story is that he goes to his mother's side of the family, he marries, begins a family. But on his way, as he's leaving, this is where chapter 28 records that he has a dream, and he's seeing a ladder, and he's seeing the angels of God ascending and descending. And God is now speaking directly to him as he spoke to his forefathers. And he's speaking and giving him the promise that he once spoke. And I believe it's beautiful to see here. He says, I am with you, and I will keep you in all places where you go. And I will bring you again into this land, for I will not leave you until I have done that which I have spoken to you. I want each and every one of us to take that to heart this morning. God's going to accomplish that which he has spoken over your life and what he has promised to you. God's watching over his word. Amen. And Jacob says, surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. Are you in a place, a hard place? You feel like you're, you're kind of in between point A and point B and you're you're just traveling along, not too sure what the destination holds for you, but the journey's been long, and you're tired, and you've been waiting, and now your, your flesh, you, you've been in the spirit, and you've been believing, but now your flesh is becoming weary, and your carnal mind is starting to kick in and starting to think and to doubt and rethink, what did God say? Did God really say that? Some of you feeling your spirit almost in the natural, where almost irritated, you feel like you're uncomfortable, you're not restless, you feel low energy, and you're going before God in prayer, and you just feel you're, there's a struggle, and you feel something's got to give. God's speaking this morning. If, if you've been feeling that way, I know God's speaking to you because I can feel that. You say, something's got to give. God's speaking to you. And he says, and he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place that there's none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And, and here Jacob calls this place Bethel, which means the house of God. And here Jacob vows a vow to God. 
and says, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I go and gives me bread to eat and clothes to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. I find this interesting because I feel like Jacob, he's not 100% committed to God. He, he's making a, a vow and making it conditional if God does this for me. Pretty much save my life, save me from my brother when there's much more that Jacob needs to be saved from. But all he sees in the natural is what he's running from. He's running from trouble and he's about to enter into some more trouble, which we'll see. But here, he's making a vow, and he's asking God, do for me, and then, then I'll believe, and you'll be my God. So the Lord watches over Jacob, and God has a call and a plan for his life. But as he goes his way, he's going to find out it's not easy. And Jacob learned a lot of things, but he learned it the hard way. And as I said, here through chapter 29, he's, he marries and has a family. And uh, God's favors on Jacob's life. God's still pursuing him. Um, Laban sees, his father-in-law sees that uh, what he has is blessed because of Jacob. So he doesn't want to let Jacob go. He's caught on. You know, it's interesting that God's favor is quite evident on a person's life, isn't it? Amen. Even, and, and, and sometimes the, the church, we almost get like God. You know, we almost get jealous at times because we see somebody who's not really walking with the Lord and God's blessing them. Why is there favor? Well, God's pursuing them in favor. The promises of God and the gifts of God are without repentance. God's got a plan, and he's not going to turn from it. And here in um, chapter 31, Jacob is now at a place where he's like, you know, my father-in-law's not treating me right. Uh, he's uh, not paying me what I, what I deserve and what I've worked for. And I find it here that the Lord speaks again to Jacob and reminds him of his word. And in verse 12, or rather verse 13, I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar and where you vowed a vow unto me. Now arise and get thee out from this land and return unto the land of thy kindred. So here God is reminding him, interestingly, of Bethel, because that is the place where God speaks directly to him about um, the covenant, about the blessing of what God has on his life. I, I want to share with you that, you know, if you haven't, if you've been in the house of God and you say, I'm not too sure what you mean about God calling me, what is that? God calling you is God letting you know that you are set apart. And if you're here this morning and you say, well, I, I've, I hear about God, I've come to learn about God, but I don't know if I'm set apart yet, well, then this morning God's going to speak to you. He is, because he wants you to know that you know that you know 
you are set apart. And you go through things in life like Jacob, where you turn this way, roadblock, turn this way, roadblock, and you're just trying to find a means or of opportunity. And that's the way the world does it. They work so, so, so hard to work up that ladder in the world and to gain things and accomplish things and make a name for themselves when all the while God's calling them. He's calling out to Jacob because Jacob is really Israel. He's calling out to Jacob because everywhere he puts his foot, God says, that's yours. That belongs to you. And there's blessings that God wants to overtake you. And a lot of times we just go through life and we just want, we, we pray, we just try to, we pray these prayers just to get by. Lord, fix my marriage. Lord, uh, keep my kids out of trouble. Lord, pray for a new job uh, so I, I can um, have more than enough. And, but it's, we live week by week and we pray these prayers of where we just want to be able to get by, not knowing that God has a covenant and a promise for us that is so much greater than we could ever ask or imagine, and that God's favor is evident on our lives where we wear it uh, like a coat, like Joseph. We can wear that favor from God, and that wherever you go, wherever workplace you go, if you're following his instruction, you're going to have favor there. You will have favor, and God's going to keep you. Everybody else might be getting a pink slip, but you're, you're kept. Why? Because the favor of God that's on your life. And God's going to make ensure that he gets you where he wants you to be, but follow him. So here God is reminding him of a vow that he made. Why? Because he said if, if it was conditional, if, that Jacob prayed. So God's promising. God's keeping his promise. I'm with you. Wherever you go, I'm with you. In chapter 32, we see that Jacob's getting ready to meet with his brother. Um, he's, about, he's desiring to reconcile with, with Esau. So he leaves home, but now he's praying that God uh, will keep him and um, bring him back to his father's home in peace. In this place here, Jacob is wrestling. This um, is probably what we are most familiar with, where Jacob is wrestling with an angel, which is the, actually the Lord of hosts, and he's wrestling with him, and he calls him out, what, what is his name? And he says, your name will no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you're a prince that has power with God and with man and has prevailed. And in verse 30, Jacob called the, play, the name of the place uh, Pinel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. We can go through our life where we can, places of memorial, where we can look back and think back. I remember when God answered this prayer. I remember when I was in desperate need and God, God met me in that place. But why is it that we go through life and God answers prayers and yet we don't, we don't fully surrender to him? We don't give him our full heart and our full attention 
to walk with him. I believe that God is speaking to us and that he wants our full attention. God doesn't want us just to come into the house of God religiously seeking our own will and just praying and hoping that God is with us. God has a plan and a purpose by which it's going to be his way. If it's God's plan, it's going to be done his way. And I'm going to tell you right now that if you adhere to God's way and to his instructions and not try to divert, not to say that God can't get you back on track, but it's going to save you a whole lot of trouble. It's going to save you a whole lot of heartache when you go God's way. And you say, but it's so long. God's way is so long. God's taken me the long way. Well, let me tell you, if you find yourself in a season where you're just waiting and that season seems so long, let me tell you what, God's doing a work in you just like he was doing a work in Jacob. He is going to take, if he takes you the long way, I would tell you right now, cherish it. Cherish it. You say, that does not make any sense, and I don't want to hear that. <laughs> trust, trust the Lord. I can tell you from experience that what God does in your life, he begins to work on your character. He begins to work in those things that he sees are going to be a hindrance to where he's taking you because what he wants is he wants 100% obedience from us. And so if God sees anything in our lives that will play a hindrance from obedience, God wants to remove that. As a loving father, he wants to remove that because where he's taking you, he needs your full, full attention, and he needs your full commitment and obedience and walking with him. Why? Because you're going somewhere you've never been before, and he's leading you. You're not, you're not going your way. You're not, um, you know, we, we want to use the wisdom of this world. Sometimes with education, we want we to um, put into practice things that we've learned from school or from books. And guess what? God says, no, no. This is the school of the Holy Spirit. This is where I speak to you. And I tell you, go this way. Lord, where are we going? Follow me, and I will show you. And so sometimes... We get frustrated, but Lord, I'm asking you a question, and we want a specific answer. And the Lord is saying, follow me, and I will show you. And we can see that, you know, if you feel that you're in that place, you say, well, why me, Lord? Why, why, why does it seem that everybody else has it easy? Don't let the enemy lie to you. They don't. The world does not have it easy. They don't. And the people of God, we have to understand that God's way is the best way. And you will not regret it one day of your life for choosing, for following him and waiting upon the Lord. The wait is not in vain. If you've been waiting days, if you've been waiting weeks, if you've been waiting years, it is not in vain because what God is doing is something so much greater that your eyes can't, you can't even, um, comprehend it. You say, but I can't see it. No, because it's spiritual. What God's doing in your life, it's spiritual, honey. It's in your spirit. It's in your heart. And God sees that. There's things in my heart that I don't even know are there, but God does. And when I seek him, God, the Holy Spirit's going to point those things out and say, Rebecca, we got to work on this. That's what God did in my life. I actually went through a year of two years 
where I just focused on God. And um, not that I diverted from him, but I just focused, focused. My vision just, just narrowed in. I wasn't going to focus on anything else. I wasn't going to focus on my future. I wasn't going to focus on marriage. I was just going to focus on God and not seeking my will because I found myself in that place. Lord, what's going on? Lord, what are you doing? What have you called me? And I would question again, Lord, did you really call me? Do you really have a plan and a purpose? You say it's a big plan, but I feel like time's running out, and I don't know where I'm going. (laughs) I'm just following you. (laughs) And the Lord just dropped it in my spirit what it was he wanted to do. God wanted to do a healing in my life. I had some hurts in my heart. I had to go through some forgiveness. And for me, it was a period of two years. You say, wow, that's a long time. Well, it was all worth it. That was time that I tell you what, I, I would walk it again just because I came to walk in a deeper understanding of the love of God than I had ever known before. And I was raised in church, but it made no difference. Made no difference. Walk with him. Your life, God knows the number of your days, and he knows when you are about what he's preparing you for, but that time that he's preparing you, it's so precious. It is so, so precious what God does in our hearts and our lives. And I went through that time, and I tell you what, it was painful. It was hurt. I had to feel those feelings again. God brought it to the surface because I was the kind of person I would stuff all my feelings. I wouldn't get it out. I would just stay quiet and stuff it up and just go on, good Christian girl, and just smile, you know, and act like everything's just fine. Amen. Amen. But God saw something deeper. And God sees something deeper in your life. And so if you may be questioning, what's the holdup? Ask God, search your heart. If God's not changing your circumstances, then say, God, change me. Because I need to be able to walk through this season that I'm in. And I promise you, he will. Because it could very well be that God's wanting to do a deeper work in you. And you're not fully aware. There was things in my heart I wasn't aware. Because I would say, oh, I've forgiven that person. And then God showed me, no. There's still pain there, and it needs to come out. And so like spiritual surgery, God did that work in me. And once God removed it, and he will, yes, he will, I went through a healing, and I went through, I guess, what you could call recovery. And I tell you what, God just restored me. He just restored my soul, like David wrote about. He knows God will restore you. And let me tell you, you may say, well, no, I I don't want to go that path. You have a choice. You have a choice. You can either go on and try to make things happen. You might try to go on and make your ministry happen. You may go on and just try to make a life, a marriage happen, or a job or school. You may just try to go on and make it happen. 
But you know what? You can only get so far with it before some of that stuff starts to spring up. And that's what Jacob had to come face with. There's something that God wanted to do in his life. And I would encourage you that if God begins that work in you, I promise you he's going to complete it. He will. He's faithful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for working in our lives and speaking to us. Hallelujah. In chapter 33, Jacob reconciles with Esau, his brother. In the latter part of the chapter, Jacob, in 17, verse 17, Jacob says here that he built himself a house. And later on, in verse 20, he builds an altar unto the Lord. Still, Jacob's priorities are not quite in order as it should be. God comes first. As believers, we have to make that priority. God comes first. Not me, not my needs. God comes first. And I don't want to say that it's in any direct consequence, but in verse chapter 34, his daughter's defiled. And there comes more hurt in the family. And his sons seek revenge. And it brings shame upon Jacob. Not for what happened to his daughter, but how his sons handled the situation. And so we see that Jacob has gone through deception. He feels like he's got to lie to get something in life, to get what he wants, to manipulate. He goes, and his father Laban doesn't deal right with him. His children go wayward. And so his home and his life is divided. And here in chapter 35, God speaks once again and tells, God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when you fled from the face of Esau thy brother. God's telling him, return. Go back to that place where I called you. I want what I spoke to you is real. What I spoke was true. What I spoke to you, I still promise that to you. It's still my promise. And I'm still keeping my word. Here, Jacob not only does he do it for himself, but now he speaks to his family. In verse 2, Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. So here, Jacob is now getting his house in order spiritually. Amen. Getting his house in order spiritually. 
He's now seeing, I got to put God first in my life. If anything's going to happen, if I'm, if I'm going to walk in the full measure of what God has called me to do, to be as a person, whether it's a man of God, a woman of God, it's got to be done God's way. And so he adheres. And there's a change of garments. This is a, this is a sign of repentance here. And the Bible goes on to say that as they journeyed in verse 5, that those round about them didn't pursue them. So what does the scripture tells us? That even when, uh, when our ways please the Lord, that he will even make the, our enemies to be at peace with us. Amen. Do you need some of that peace in your life? Amen. Seek God. Don't do it your way. Don't try to uh, seek revenge or uh, try to make things happen your way. Let God take care of it. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the Bible says in verse 6, So Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, that is Bethel, he and all the people that were with him. And he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. To appear also is meaning to have revealed himself. Amen. This morning, would you think back to where God revealed himself to you? Because you and I, we're here in the house of God. And this is a place where we can return with our whole hearts back to him and recommit our lives to him. This is the place for which God has spoken to you. God wants to remind you that what he has promised, he, it is still yes and amen. God's saying yes. What I've promised to you, it's still yours. It belongs to you because I've created you and I've called you and I've set you apart. Though the wait's been long in your life, in that season of wanting to see it come to, come to pass in your life, I want to tell you right now that breakthrough is already on here. It's already here. I, don't, I can't tell you for each one of your lives when it's going to come, but breakthrough first is going to be done in the spirit before you see it in the natural. So I would encourage you, get back to seeking God. Return to him. Return to his presence. You know where you were that day. I can think back in my prayer life and times where I was in some hard places and I was so desperate. God, what, what do I do? God, where do you want me to go? What job am I supposed to take? What college am I supposed to go to? I was just in a place where I needed direction. And I didn't know which way to go. And uh, it just seemed a very, very dry place. And I just remembered that I got so serious with, with the Lord. And I mean, like desperate prayers. You know, not just this 15-minute prayer a day kind of thing. It was seeking God. And I was in his presence. And I just remember just seeking him. And I remember putting aside the petition putting aside the questions, 
putting aside the promise and just saying, God, I just want you. Because even if, Lord, everything you've ever promised comes to pass, if I don't have you, I don't have anything. I won't have any joy. I won't have any peace. The house I'm believing for, without God, it won't be filled with peace and joy. The person you want to marry, if it's not God, if God's not in it, There'll be no peace and there'll be no joy. Our peace and our joy comes from him. He is the God of hope. He is the God of hope. And I want you to be encouraged this morning. If you would, we'll stand this morning. God hasn't forgotten As he told Jacob, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never leave you. And there may be someone here, you've been going your way, and yet you know God's called you. Well, he called you back here this morning because he wants to speak to you. And if we have permission, I'd like to open the altars for prayer. And if we have elders in the house this morning of Kingsway elders, I'd ask if you would join up here and let's pray for those that need prayer this morning. There's really nothing specific other than I think we just need to seek God's presence because God, what God wants to speak to you is going to be different from your neighbor because we're in different places. But I do believe God wants to fill us with with his spirit this morning because you need a new strength